You are listening to the Female Factor Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Female Factor Podcast, where we highlight women in STEAM. Today with us, we have Raina Jane, the founder of HiveGuard and Queen Bee. Yeah, so um, we are Shreya and Ava, and we are the founders, and um, we will be getting into the interview. So how are you, Raina? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on the podcast. How are you guys doing? Um, we're, we're good. Yeah, we're also good. So your products, HiveGuard and Queen Bee, have been praised by so many scientists and business people. Can you tell us a little bit about what they are and your process in designing them? Can you give our listeners some updates about your companies and where your products are sold? Sure. So um, when I was a junior in high school, when I was a sophomore in high school, I joined the science research program. And I created a device to detect arsenic contamin- contamination while using like these atomic crystal structures. And I worked really hard. And then after doing a bunch of science fairs, it just kind of ended like that. And I remember thinking, okay, like now what? How do I get this out into the world? And I think that's when I realized that science without entrepreneurship has really no impact. If you don't implement science, then what's the purpose of it? Um, it's supposed to move society forward in some way, shape, or form. And so when my junior year high school project, I was thinking of, I was thinking of a way to, to implement both, both, both um, science, but also how can I see a real world impact of this project? So I'm Jane, which means I, I've grown up with the principles of live, live and let live to value every life no matter how small. Although I don't like to associate myself with the religion itself, I believe in this underlying principle. And I remember visiting a bee farm with my family up north in Connecticut. And the beekeeper said he was cleaning out his hives. And I was like, what does that mean? And it turns out cleaning out your hives means basically taking all the dead bees that didn't make it through the winter and throwing them into the bushes and cleaning out the hives that's left. And I remember seeing piles of dead bees and thinking, this is crazy. For all these bees to be dying for something that's human-induced, that's what struck a chord in my heart. So my junior year of high school, I developed a device to eliminate my infestations from honey beehives, which is a root cause of colony crop disorder, just killing over 40% of bees worldwide. Um, and then that science project ultimately became HiveGuard. I was featured in this one article that went viral amongst beekeepers and I remember within that, once that article was published in Forbes, I woke up the next day with like 5,000 um, emails from beekeepers all over the world. And I'm thinking, this is so cool. Nobody ever texted me. Who's, who's contacting me all of a sudden? Um, so that was my first kind of um, real life experience of entrepreneurship. And then I was giving out the device to beekeepers all over the world and um, Europe and all over the US. and. When COVID hit, I couldn't, the lab shut down and I couldn't work on HiveGuard anymore. I couldn't make the devices to get them out to beekeepers. So that's when I was thinking, I think two things came into place was one, why is it just beekeepers who have the power to save bees? Shouldn't it be people like you and I as well who can also have an individual impact? And that's when the idea came was what if I can create just a consumer product good that anybody can take, but there's a one-to-one mission for it. when I had a beehive, I used to, I don't, you guys, Shreya, you might be familiar with this. My grandma and my mom always used to make like the ginger turmeric honey um, concoction oh, yeah. when I'm sick. Yeah. And so um, I used to take, right, exactly. Oh, yeah, right. And I used to take the honey straight from the hive to create this kind of wellness shot. And when my beehive died because of colony crop disorder, I went to the market to look for some more products, but wasn't able to find anything. So that's when the idea of Queen Bee came, which is 
what what if I can create like this ginger turmeric shot with honey byproducts and for every bottle sold, a pollinated tree is planted. Um, and that was the idea about one-to-one mission. So after a lot of hard work and a lot of persistence, we've just got accepted to be into Whole Foods. Um, we'll be in the, um, the North Atlantic, Mid Atlantic, Northeast region soon. Um, and we'll be expanding to other retailers as well. So it's quite exciting. Wow, that's really awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, it's always really great to see more women in STEAM. And especially considering it can be really difficult to make it in an industry that often overlooks accomplished women. Have you ever personally faced any gender-based discrimination whilst working in this field? If so, how did it feel? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great question. Um, so I think it's interesting. I think a lot of people um, see, think discrimination is like outright, um, <clears throat> outright, you know, you're a woman, you can't do this. It's much more subtle these days in days that like in ways that like you feel personally, but not many other people can catch up on. Um, there are there are times where I was I got up to present to judges and I knew and I felt that I was being overlooked. Um, people are like, oh, was this done by your parents? Did you have a mentor that helped you? And I was like, yes, but this was me. I did this. Um, and and you get overlooked so often, which never really happened to my male colleagues or counterparts and I think I think it's important to realize that it's it's not quite outright as the media um, portrays it to be it's not like you're a woman you're incapable you can't do this it's a lot more subtle it's in like these micro microaggressions it's in these just in the way we talk in our in our language it's embedded in our language and I think it all has to come down to I think educating the population, education. And, and it starts from when we're a kid. Um, if you just look at the way that we raise both a girl and a boy, we always have the boy be more of a risk taker. Like, yeah, just go jump off the ladder from 10 feet high, it's okay. But women, we tend to protect and coddle more. Hey, don't, don't do that, be careful, just take the stairs down. So why is it that we instill this kind of fearlessness and risk-taking ability in men, but since subconsciously as we're growing up in our childhood but in women it's kind of more suppressed and hey hey don't put yourself in dangerous situations um don't be that much of a risk taker and it's not necessarily that we do this on purpose it's just the way that we've been brought up i mean you you just replicate the ways that your parents raised you and so it's this generational thing at one point we have to figure out how to break this and I think that's happening now, that pivotal turning point in which we realize that we, we become aware of our own subconscious flawed thinking. Um, the whole idea of like pink or blue, that's just, that, that, that has nothing to do, but we, we do, we instill like these um, values in little children, just when they're, just when they're born, we assign them a color based off their gender. Um, and if you think like five years in, what else will you be signing them? So just to break that pattern that comes with one, educating people on how to identify their own subconscious bias within themselves. And I think that's the first part. And we've definitely gotten better at it because I think it's become, as you know, the generations pass on, it's becoming less and less of an issue, but still a huge, huge issue. So I think it comes from first, um, educating people on how their subconscious bias is still instilled in them and rooted in them from generations that 
came before. And um, then after they have that realization is educating them on how to break that pattern. So um, great question. And I think I think that that's the step forward. It's just it's just education from birth, from your from the day you're born. Yeah. yeah, and going off of what you said, there's a pretty big gender wage gap between men and women in STEAM. What are your thoughts on this and what would you recommend as a solution to at least expedite the process of change? Yeah, so um, it actually ties a lot into my answer previously is that it all has to do with the confidence and risk-taking scale that we, that we, that we cultivate in a child since the beginning. So the, the lack of women in STEAM doesn't necessarily have to do with the fact that they're not capable. That's not the fact at all. It's just that the fact that they might lack the confidence in, in them thinking that they're able to do it, um, that they have the skills able to do it. And that comes with, once again, birth, how you're raised as a child, these subconscious, um, subconscious actions that your parents knowingly or probably mostly unknowingly um, put on you. And so, um, I think I think one is what, like my answer previously breaking that pattern, but also it's also a chain effect. You know, it, it's it just I feel like it's just human nature for for men to promote people who they feel connected with other men when they're up there. So why we see so many fewer uh, you know female CEOs. Once we see more women in steam. It's kind of like this community aspect, this chain effect where, hey, if she can do it, then why can't I? And and that 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 gender gap, that age gap, it it, it closes. And now in terms of in terms of pay, um, so I think that that's one way to have more women be um, put like have have more women in steam. But in terms of gender and pay gap, um, we put so much of an emphasis on women to speak up for themselves. Hey, my male counterpart is making two dollars an hour more than I am. Why? We're doing the same job. We contribute the same amount of value to this company. But why is that all put on the woman? The male counterpart has the same duty to stand up to the boss, to their same boss as the woman does. Um, their colleagues, and and it, it's not just a fight for woman it's, it's just a fight that we all have for equality and I feel like people sometimes misunderstand that so as much as an emphasis I do put on women to speak up if they feel like they're being untreated um, if they feel like they are not being paid the same as their male counterpart counterpart I put that much of an emphasis on their male colleagues to stand up for them as well um, because at the end it's not it's not just a fight to, to push a woman forward it's a fight for Equality, and I think, and I, that's that's overlooked a lot. Um, and I think we're seeing some change, but a lot of change, a lot more change still has to be made. Yeah, I agree. Um, so for me personally, you're one of my my role models, honestly, and um, for me too. And yeah, and I think we all have someone in our lives that we look up to, um, and say, "Hey, this woman is really inspiring to me." Um, so. Uh, who outside of people that you know personally has been your greatest female role model? First of all, thank you for saying that because that that is that means everything to me. Um, but for me, my my female role model is Catherine Switzer. So she was one of the first people who ran the Boston Marathon before women were allowed to run. Um, so for years, it was just a men only thing, and. Um, 
And one day she decided that she was also going to run, um, not dis as disguised. She let her hair down and she was fully a woman. And um, people were tugging on her hair, pulling her clothes, pushing her down to the ground. There were reporters and press talking her as she ran, but she still ran and she finished the race. And it, for her, it wasn't necessarily about finishing the race as much as it was for her to be a steward in that sense and empower all the, ju just, by, just by fighting for herself, she unknowingly fought for every woman on this planet. And I find that so fascinating um, that how one person, how one woman just standing up for herself, standing up for her rights, stands out for every woman in that room, every woman on this planet. And I think she's a real steward in that sense. Um, and then, of course, you have like your female role models like Marie Curie and, and all these stewards and signs who have paved the way for, for, for so many other women to come. But I have to say, Catherine Switzer is is person who definitely inspires me. I, I, um, that that's still something that I think that uh, that I hold near and dear to me today. Um, how how we, we look back and say, hey, that, that, you know, that, that was so nice of her to do. But if you really put yourself in that scenario, being the only woman in running despite people tearing you down, attacking you and still finishing the race isn't easy. And, um, I, and I, I say that because I still remember when I was um, in high school attending science for conferences, I would be the only woman, like 18 year old woman of color um, in a room full of white, you know, 15 year old males and, and just having a woman there sitting next to you makes you feel so much more comforted because it, it's almost like this community aspect that you're in it together. Um, but for her to be, a, to, to just do it alone and, and unknowingly or knowingly stand for every woman on this planet, I think is what makes her my role model for sure. That's a great question. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> I think that's, I've never heard of her before, but that's really amazing. I will definitely like look her up and yeah. Um, I think, I think, I mean, I bet your family is proud of you. I bet you definitely like, I, as a woman, I, I think the entire female community is very proud of you, even if they don't like, I think having women that are doing what you're doing, it's amazing. Um, so what was the moment that made you proud to be a woman? Thank you for saying that, by the way, but, um, once again, like, it really means the world to me. Um, there's, I think there's a couple times, um, and there is this, uh, one time I was in this conference room and, um, it was like majority men. And then there were, I think six, six girls, um, me included. And um, I, I raised my hand to speak up, but I was very quickly shut down. And without me even being able to defend myself, all the women stood up for me, every single one. They literally stood up and um, fought for me. And without me, I mean, I, I am fully capable to fight for myself, but without me even having that split second to be able to do that, they did it first. And I, I still look back at that moment and, um, and I, I don't think, you know, I don't think they realized how much that impacted me um, because I, I myself was so scared to speak and stand up for myself. I was going to do it anyway because I know that um, 
I mean, I always say that my, my parents didn't raise me for 18 years to stay silent in a conference room when I'm touched. That doesn't make sense. Um, that's not only an insult to me, it's an insult to them. It's an insult to the values that they brought me up with. Um, and so before I could even defend myself, all, all five of those women came to my um, came to my defense. And I still look back at that and think, you know, women is such a tight-knit community that we're really in it together. Um, so that was that was definitely one point. And then um, there's there's other like moments in history, like Kamala Harris, you know, our new VP, that that to me, like for once again, to see a woman up there who came from the same ranks as we did, why can't I do it? Why can't I do it? Of course I can. And it gives you the confidence you need to kind of keep going. Um, so I, I would definitely say that one point in time. And then of course there's there's leaders like Kamala Harris and, and so many others that have paved the way for me to even um, even you know be here and be able to say this. So yeah, yeah I definitely agree. I think men, especially like boys from a young from a young age, they're always they they always see people like them in the media that they are just automatically told, yeah, you can do that too. Like you can be that too. And I think I I love when I can see someone um, in the media who's like a female who has done so many amazing things. And I just sit there and I go, wow, like we can all do that. We are just as powerful as men and there's no reason that we shouldn't be able to do that. So yeah, no, I, that's a great point. And I think if you look back and feel like just like psychologically we've for so long, just because of the way that we've been exposed to media, we've trained our minds to think that this, that this figure of stance and of power is what leadership is. But now that definition of, is changing. Leadership is not, is not somebody standing up with strong guy with a wooden stick. That's not leadership. Leadership is vulnerability, is compassion, it's, it's empathy. That's leadership. And I, think, and I think the way that we see that is changing. And, and as, we, as we switch our definitions of what leadership is from that you know, hand and stick rule to someone like um, Jacinda, who's like, you know, so compassionate and so empathetic, we'll start to see more women in power because I feel like our values in which we put an emphasis on in society that we, we value ourselves is changing. So um, I think that, that's definitely a, a point that I wanted to make is that don't necessarily confuse leadership with the, somebody with a stick in their hand. That's not leadership, that's just almost cowardness. It's, it's, you know, I don't know if you guys listen to Brene Brown, but she says, if you were to measure somebody's courage you'd be measuring your vulnerability, how vulnerable they make themselves. And, and women are just scientifically proven to be more vulnerable, to be more compassionate and empathetic. Um, and hopefully as we change, shift our mindset and if we reprogram our bra brains like out of what we've seen in media for so long to, to put women up on the stance and show what true leadership really is, we'll start to see more women in power. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely right. I mean, when I used to think of leadership, I used to think of like being the loudest one in the room. But I mean, I've just realized that sometimes it's just about listening to other people and helping them. And then you can naturally be a leader. So exactly. yeah, no, you're, you're really, you're, that's exactly right. That um, usually the, the, the loudest one in the uh, the the loudest one in the room is not necessarily the leader. They they might even have the least to say, 
um, a true leader is somebody who listens with intent, um, listens to understand, and not just listens to wait for their turn to speak. So um, that's a very good point that you made, for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much for letting yeah, us interview thank you. you. It means a lot. And um, I, I really hope we can like have you on here again. Um, and yeah, I bet you're going to do so many more weeks, amazing few months. things. Yeah. Um, so good luck. Um, we're, we're proud of you. Yeah. So. You guys are so incredibly sweet. I mean, it, it, like, it really, that when, when you said that, I, that makes my day it was so sweet but really you guys keep me updated on what you're doing if there's anything you ever need you have my number just give me a call give me a text i always have my phone on me um whether it's like you know connections to someone if you want to get into entrepreneurship um pushing to college whatever it is text me and let me know um and i wish you guys all the best you guys are in what high school yeah, yeah, we're we just started ninth grade. Okay, yeah, you guys, you guys got a whole life in front of you. I'm so excited for you guys. So keep me updated on everything that you're doing. If you have a LinkedIn, connect with me, and then I can follow up on you and your progress or something. Um, and and good luck with everything. Keep me updated and let me know if you have any anything. But really, thank you guys for having me on. Um, and and yeah, and hopefully one day. Um, sorry, I couldn't make it in person today, but. Um, hopefully we'll be able to be more and you know talk yeah. set up a meeting and be in person soon yeah thank yeah, you thank so you much thank you so much all right cool thanks Rayla. Um, hey. bye. bye it was nice meeting you yeah same here take care that was really cool yeah let's stop the recording Psst.